for me to take a bit, big, deep breath for this one. But yeah, I appreciate anyone who is listening. Um, this is going to be episode two of Polly Rambles. And uh, th- I guess the topic or the title will be why I can no longer be a part of the Jack speedrunning community. And um, it's just going to be my way of like closing off this whole situation. And it will be kind of uncut. I did take notes and stuff, but knowing myself, I'm not going to just, you know, come out and say everything as clear as possible. Like, that's just not going to, it's not going to go perfectly. Um, so I might do minor cuts if I need to, but I will try to just keep it uncut for the most part. But yeah, this is going to be a long episode, so <laughs> hang tight. Um, this is not like me trying to be like, oh, I'm giving you guys that hot tea or whatever, you know, like, or like trying to start drama. It's just the reality. It's just, I feel like most people have absolutely no understanding of what I've been through and, and what this experience has done to me. And it becomes clear to me that people just don't care. And um, I think it's important for me to just have time to just get the whole story out so that people know what happened to me and you know why I'm not happy with the situation currently and why it has made me feel like I could never be a part of this community again and I think that's sad um just to briefly give some you know context here you know it's been three years now over three years since I started streaming and since I started investing into this community I thought this community was going to be a home for me. It was one of the first online communities that I ever felt really passionate about. And uh, I invested a lot of myself into it. I invested money into it. I invested time. Um, I was stressed out about a lot of things, but I, you know, I dealt with it for the community's sake. You know, I, I, I did a lot. Um, I, I feel like most people don't really care or recognize any of the things that I've done for the community. Like, there are literally points where I was literally the only person keeping Jack alive because, like, no one was streaming it anymore. And uh, that's something to be happy about or proud of. Like, I was doing well keeping the game alive, streaming the game, you know, creating my own little community. Um, I think I did a lot for the community, but all this just shows me that um, it just hasn't been appreciated by... Uh, a lot of people and I don't think I can continue to be a part of a community that has disrespected and hurt me this much um, I know it's not every single person um, that's important to mention I know that there are people who are good and there are people who cared about me and all this kind of stuff but there's just too much that went wrong here it's, it's at this point it's unforgivable and uh, I don't think that I could ever just you know go back into the community and act like nothing happened because for me a lot happened and nobody from my perspective nobody cares and that says a lot and I don't want to be a part of a community that makes me or anyone feel that way so um that's that's that but this will go into explaining what happened and why it happened and why it's so hurtful why it's affected me this much why I did the things I did um and I will not be afraid to name names or be calling everyone by their online names um, so that, you know, nothing is hidden. Like, this is just going to be the full blown out truth without much 
uh, editing or censoring or any of that type of nonsense. It's just going to be me talking and explaining uh, what happened and why I feel the way I do now. So the first part I want to cover is the whole part of me coming out as polyamorous and leaving an abusive narcissistic relationship. Um, that was the crux of the beginning of 2021 for me. Um, 2021 was a hard year. Uh, I would say one of the hardest in my life. But that was like right when I was coming out about being polyamorous. And, um, you know, at the time, in the beginning of the year, I had two relationships going on with my partner, Dan, which I refer to him as Dan, but his name's Whip uh, in the community. And uh, my my well ex-girlfriend now um you know I was with both of them and things were going really well um but I started struggling with that relationship uh with the girlfriend and uh it was it started to really impact my mental health a lot um because like it took a lot for me to even come out as being you know polyamorous and bi and everything like that and then in addition to that, like one of the, you know, my partner, the girlfriend, uh, she was, you know, showing signs of narcissistic behaviors, but I was just very blinded. I mean, I didn't react to it. Um, I didn't really do much or respond in the way I think I should have. Obviously, in hindsight, we always think we should do differently, but I just didn't realize all the red flags that were right in front of my face for the longest time and uh since the, I was having issues with this relationship it was also causing issues between me and Dan because you know it was causing a lot of stress for me I was you know having struggling with my mental health getting depressed not knowing how things are going to work out and you know he's trying to support me and be there for me but it's hard because you know he doesn't really know exactly what I'm going through so it was putting a lot of stress on all of us um, so for a while there, I was the happiest I had ever been, but I couldn't ignore the issues that were going on in that relationship and how much they were hurting me. And I honestly couldn't live with the fact that things that I was doing was enabling, um, my ex-girlfriend to hurt other people. And that was also bothering me and eating away at me. So I won't go into that relationship much because it doesn't really matter. Um... I won't go into that relationship much because it doesn't really matter. But eventually it came to an end and I continued on streaming passionately and often. I was thriving at that point. Like I would say uh, early 2021, uh, I had an active stream and chat. Like I, I think I would get like 20 viewers per stream, average 20, something, around something like that per stream. You know, I was having the time of my life streaming for my community and pushing myself as a speedrunner. I didn't know that, you know, just a year later, all of that would be taken from me um, for the most part. Like, I still have some of it, but things would never be the same for me. And that is why I must share, you know, my story here. Because um, I feel like so many chose not to hear it. But I was doing pretty well, I would say, in the beginning of 2021. And, and then that's when things started to go downhill eventually obviously I leave this uh abusive narcissistic relationship I, I mean I left it 
and it was the right decision. And um, I think that that is part. The reason why I want to talk about that relationship is because in that relationship, you know, narcissists, they like to talk to a lot of people. They like to put themselves out there and get a lot of people to manipulate and, you know, get things from. That's how my ex-girlfriend was like. So she ended up talking to a lot of people in my community or in the Jack community in general. And like, I thought like, you know, I need to talk to more people because she's doing it and it's easy. She's making it look easy. And I wanted to push myself to talk to more people. So that's why I originally reached out to Zoe, to Qatar and Piggle and started talking to more people in the community because I wanted to be more social. That's always been a goal I've had. And the only way I can do that is if I start building more personal relationships with people. So that was a goal I had. So that's initially what got me started talking to Zoe and the whole situation to begin with. Uh, it's sad, but I actually went and checked the date. But uh, I started talking to Zoe on my birthday um, of last year. Um so I guess on my birthday, I was like, you know what? I'm going to push myself to talk to more people. And I went to go talk to people. And then I think I ended my relationship with uh, my abusive narcissistic ex uh, May 1st. I still remember that date. Uh, I think May 1st, I ended everything um, with that person and completely cut them out of my life. Um, so that is how you know close those situations were to each other. Um, a lot of my initial interactions with Zoe were about that relationship and she helped me get out of it, helped me realize the red flags and that things weren't good in that relationship and that I should get out. But what I liked about Zoe in the beginning is she was also pretty honest and would let me know when she thinks that I'm doing something wrong or something like that. Cause like I was in a really bad place. I haven't been on meds in years at that time you know, the stress and anxiety and depression I was in from the things that uh, my ex was doing was taking its toll. I wasn't able to do my work properly sometimes. I was just stressed out. I wanted to keep streaming, but, like, I, I felt like sometimes I couldn't or I might let people down. It was just a lot going on at the time. And uh, that's when I started being more honest with myself. And I was like, you know what, I, I might need to, you know, reach out to a psychiatrist. I might need to reach out to you know, uh, therapists and start doing things that will help me feel better because I was really just struggling for a long time there. And so that's why I decided to, you know, go and start doing that. So also in the beginning of 2021, I started my physical and mental health journeys again. So I started going to the doctors again. I started, you know, I started doing a lot of things that I usually didn't care or make enough time to do but I wanted to start you know treating myself better so I started seeing a doctor you know I started looking to a lot of my uh, chronic pain issues and things like that which I'll talk about that in another episode at some point and I also started going to therapy and I started seeing a psychiatrist so uh throughout most of 2021 I was on a lot of different medications I was switching dosages I was trying to find what would help me the most at the same time that a lot of this was going on. And um, that's important because that gives more context to what happened in the beginning of the relationship with Zoe. So 
onto the abuse and ableism and how that started and how that evolved. Basically, in the beginning, Zoe helped me get out of that relationship, and I probably felt an emotional attachment to Zoe because of that when I look back on it now. Um, Just having someone there to support me that understood what I was going through and could see the red flags and made me feel like, wow, so what I'm thinking is not just all in my head. Like, this is definitely not an okay relationship. This is abusive. And uh, I've dealt with a lot of abusive relationships in my life, which I can cover more in another uh, episode as well. But I just tend to attract abusive people. I think my personality is perfect for an abusive person, it seems. Like, I'm, I'm very kind. I'm loyal. I don't give up easily. I'm dedicated. That's all the things that someone that's abusive would want in somebody. Because um, it just means that they can easily take advantage of you and get a lot from you. And I have let that happen a lot. And it's something that I've been trying to change. Um, which is why I knew that something was wrong here and that if things were going to be different now than they used to be, I would have to do something to make that happen. So instead of just staying in a relationship that's toxic and abusive, I have to be like, nah, I'm going to leave this. So that's what I did. And I appreciated Zoe a lot for helping with that. But because of that relationship, I was in a really low place in like the first two quarters of 2021. Uh, like initially, like I said, I was very happy. My stream was doing really well. Everything was going great except for that relationship. So like I was in a really good place. Their relationship sucked, of course, obviously. But um, I was doing well outside of that. But, you know, I won't lie. I was in a lower place because of that relationship. You know, it was a lot to go through in just a few months of time. Um, so I think that partially is always helping me move on from the relationship is where the feelings started to develop for me and like it was like a few months in uh Zoe tried to claim in her response that it happened like in a few weeks which is just ridiculous um but like a few months in I think that's when the feelings started to become more real to me and I started to like really question hey is this how I'm really feeling or is this just the result of the fact that you know she helped me out of that relationship you know what is this all about um so that's when I decided, you know what, I'm just going to come clean and, and tell Zoe how I feel, like the, how these feelings are manifesting. Because in my mind, I'm a very transparent person. So I'm going to come clean about anything that I feel so that we're on the same page and then we can move forward. That was my mentality with it. Um, I had done a lot of research on it beforehand just to make sure I knew what I was feeling and everything like that and how to approach it. And I was fully expecting my uh interest to be rejected obviously because like things that's just not you know from talking to zoe in the beginning i realized that she has a long-term partner and she's not interested in polyamory because she's we've talked about that and she's not into she's not interested in that and things like that so i already feel i already knew that like you know things were just not compatible in that sense in uh in that way so like that just won't happen but i still think it's good to get the feelings out and I think that was the major turning point in our relationship because her reaction to that was just like anger or like frustration or just like, why did you even tell me that? What did you expect? Like, what were you looking for? What What are you trying to get out of this? And, 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 and to me, I was just 
that was the first time I've ever seen her act that way or I've ever experienced her treating me that way or acting that way. So I was just very confused and caught off guard where I'm like, in my mind, I was just being transparent about something. But in her mind, I had crossed the boundary or I did something horribly wrong by even mentioning the idea of it. And uh, from that point on, she would start making a lot of assumptions about me, about my behaviors, like looking too deeply into things or taking things too much at face value and not like really trying to understand where I'm coming from when I say something. And like uh, a sign of this is like when she was angry about me sharing my feelings, she was she would um, say that like, oh, you expect me to leave my partner. You expect me to move down there. Like, why would I do that? Like, why would you expect that? And it's like, I never even mentioned any of those things. Um, Those aren't things that I would ever expect from anybody. One, I'm polyamorous. Two, I'm I'm okay with long-distance relationships. Um, And I live with my primary partner, so I have no interest in just, you know, moving a bunch of people into the same place for just because. Like, that's going to be something that would happen a lot more down the line. You know, I'm not going to expect something like that really early on. But I think that is when the abusive behavior started to begin. And that was like one of my first signs of a red flag because it showed me that, you know, Zoe has this tendency to turn pretty toxic and it could be over something very minor. Um, to me, this is something very simple that friends should be able to do. You know, friend can be like, you know, I had feelings for you. And then you're like, yeah, I don't feel the same, but, you know, I appreciate you telling me and I hope we can move forward. And then we move on like nothing happened or not like nothing happened, but we move forward. We move on. Um, But with Zoe, it turned into this whole big scenario that I just felt overwhelmed by. So that's when I feel like the abusive behavior started to show themselves more uh, particular, like more clearly. Um. And when it's almost like she put her took her shell down because maybe she thought like, oh, I was being too kind and too nice. I got to show her the opposite so she doesn't like me or something like that. I don't, I have no idea what her mentality was, but things just started getting worse from then on. And I do want to make it clear that in the beginning of our relationship, when she was helping me, you know, get out of that, you know, abusive relationship. Zoe was trying so hard to get me to trust her, get me to believe that she won't be like other people in my life. She won't be abusive. She won't lie. She'll be direct. She'll be transparent. She'll be honest. Like all these things she would say about herself to get me to feel safer. And uh, I struggled to believe it at first because for me, letting my shell down is incredibly difficult. I have a really thick shell and I don't show most people my true personality. Um, but I wanted to use this as an opportunity to grow. You know, at a certain point, I started going to therapy, seeing my psychiatrist. So, like, I knew what my goals were. My long-term goals were to socialize more, put you know, break out of my comfort zone and my, you know, out of my limits that I usually set for myself. And the only way I can do that is if I try to do things that I'm, I'm a, I used to be afraid of. And uh, that is allowing myself to open up to somebody. And, you know, break, you know, take down my shell. So eventually I started to believe the things Zoe was saying. And I felt really comfortable and safe talking to her. 
And I think this is what made it so easy for me to fall victim to her abuse because I had, you know, fallen. I believed the words that she said in the beginning and trusted her fully. So I let I started to let my shell down. And that's when it becomes easier for someone to take advantage of you. And I think that's basically what led to that. The feelings that developed probably didn't help either. Um, They probably added to that which would make it harder for me to recognize what's going on. But yeah, I have a few bullet points on things that happened. I'm not going to go too in detail about it all because there's no way to cover nine months of abuse with somebody um, with just a few words or a few screenshots. Like no one's going to completely understand what I went through, but I can at least give some, you know, points that are things that I had to go through dealing with her and I'll get to Qatar later but you know at first she started to you know insult me a lot and she would call it honesty um so in her mind honesty can be anything you want it to be um and I thought that was weird but I just let you know I just let it I let her go on because I think we built our relationship off hey I'm more knowledgeable I'm better at socializing I will give you advice to help you socialize better I think that's how we started our relationship her helping me and I think that role you know kind of took over in her mind so she would constantly be you know breaking down things I say saying that okay well that's why you'd run into that issue and stuff like that and at first I was listening to her and I was like okay like this is good like I'm getting the help I've always wanted from somebody who claims they're going to be honest and direct and everything that most people fail to be for me Uh, And I trusted her to be honest, like she claimed to be. But eventually, I started to realize that something was something that was not right was going on something more devious was going on here. Um, She would get to the point where she would start to degrade me for aspects of my personality that she found annoying or didn't like. So it's not like there's anything inherently wrong. It's just she finds it annoying, or she doesn't like it. So that gives her a reason to degrade me and talk about how other people aren't going to like it either. Um, She would use my weak moments where I would come to her at a vent about something that happened, and she would use those moments against me in future conversations to be like, oh, well, you can't be trusted because you did this and that. When I came came to her because I wanted to vent to her because I thought she was my friend, I thought that I can come to her when I needed it as well, in addition to... Um, you know, continuing to grow as a person. But I wasn't allowed to have weak moments. I wasn't allowed to vent or rant without being judged for it or critiqued for it. She would invalidate my experiences when I would open up to her about very personal and traumatic experiences I shared. So there's a lot of things that traumatic things that happen in my life that I don't tell most people. Um, but I start like I said, I started to trust her. So I'd tell her a lot of these things and she would just constantly invalidate my experiences, tell me that, oh, no, that's not you didn't see that the right way or you got that wrong or you deserve that or that's not even that big of a deal. I don't know why you're making a big deal about it. And that is when I really started to realize that something was wrong because friends don't do that to each other. And um, she also doesn't she cannot really act like she knows what I've been through just from, you know, the things that I, you know, try to explain to her. Like, there's no way you can ever fully understand someone's experience. 
but she was constantly invalidating mine. And I found that to be extremely hurtful and traumatic for me because it's like I, it's so hard for me to share this stuff. And then when I do share it, you're just going to invalidate it. Um, so that was like probably one of the big major red flags. But I just tried to give her the benefit of the doubt. Um, so it took everything in me to believe that everything she's doing is right or genuine or it's coming it's because she cares that's the type of stuff I would tell myself in the beginning but then I realized that slowly but surely like this is not something that a healthy compassionate friend would do to another and she used the fact that I let my guard down and you know let my true self come out to hurt me um, she would invalidate the fact that I was autistic constantly. You know, I would talk about autism a lot because I know I've I've studied myself. I've learned myself throughout the years. I know how being autistic affects my behaviors and the way I understand things and the way I approach things in life. And she would um, constantly try to say, oh, you're just using it as an excuse or you're just trying to, you know, you try to say everything is because you're autism when literally the way I think and do everything is because I'm autistic. Like that's a huge part of who I am. Like I can't disconnect from that. But in her mind, I was using it as an excuse and it was wrong. So she was constantly invalidating my autistic uh, diagnosis or my, my autistic experience. Like to her, I was using autism too much, which was insulting to me because, you know, I've spent a lot of time trying to learn myself how can you tell me that I'm just using my diagnosis in a way that uh, isn't accurate? Like, how would you know that? Like, you don't you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've learned about myself. You don't know the work I put in. So, like, I would find that stuff to be very offensive. And that's actually ableist to try to and tell someone that, oh, just because you can do these things, you're on you're not that autistic or like that's the kind of way that she would treat me like, well, you can do this. So why can't you do that? Um, you're, you should be able to do that. It's not that complicated or something like that when it's like, um, I'm still disabled here, but you know, it's not that simple. Like everybody struggles with different things. I struggle with certain things more than others. And, uh, I was just being completely invalidated for, you know, explaining myself to her instead of listening to me, she would tell me what she thought. And that was just the way it had to be. So, like, I spent most of my life learning about who I am. You know, I think I would know better about me than she would. But in her mind, she always knew better. And her negative and toxic assumptions about me were always right and factual. Anything that she said was fact instantly. If I tried to say that, no, that's not true, she'd be like, well, you just don't want to hear. You just don't like me being honest. You don't like the truth. And I'm like, just because you think something about a person doesn't make it true. And you can be honest, but you can still be rude and be honest at the same time. Like, those things can happen. I mean, being honest doesn't mean that what you're saying is true or doesn't mean that what you're saying isn't hurtful. Um, but she would never admit that. She would always just say, well, no, I'm saying the truth. You just can't handle the truth. And that's, that's on you. So in her mind, everything that she would say, all, every assumption, negative thing, toxic thing, no matter what it was that she made about who I am, it was always right. And I, could, I couldn't defend myself without her getting upset or attacking me for it. 
Defending myself was seen as not giving her space when she would never ask for it directly. She would insult me and then want to end the conversations, and I would fight this because I was sick of hearing the insults and not being able to confront how abusive that, it, that all of that behavior was. Um, so what would happen a lot of the times is we'll be talking about something and we don't agree, and I would, you know, she would say something insulting about me, and then I would be like, you know, how that's not right. You, you shouldn't say that about me. And that's when she wants to end the conversations. That's when she'll be like, nope, we're just, is this going to turn into something bad? And I'm just like, um, but you can't just keep insulting me and then wanting to end the conversation. Like anybody's going to want to defend themselves when they keep being attacked that way or insulted or degraded that way. Like, it's not okay for you to just keep doing that. But in her mind, me defending myself was not letting her go, not giving her space, not letting her do what she wants to do. I just had to learn how to deal with her constantly insulting me and do nothing about it in her mind. Um, so there's always a bunch of insufferable is the word she would use a lot. Actions that I would commit that made her blow up at me. And when I would ask her about them, she could never clarify them specifically. It became clear that what she hated or what she really just didn't like was just who I was as a person. Um, and that's when the ableism from her started to get much worse. Um, she would treat me like I was ignorant of myself and had no education or knowledge, which is very insulting because I spent most of my life being a lover of learning. And I've tried to educate myself a lot. You know, I was always wrong in her eyes. Nothing I ever said could be, you know, valid or a good explanation for something. It's always just flat out wrong, delusional, or um, just a waste of time in her mind. Whatever she interpreted was fact, and my explanations were nonsense or delusional. She tried to tell me, you aren't as smart as you think you are, constantly, even saying that I exhibited signs of the Dunning-Kruger effect, that I was limited in my knowledge and understanding, and thought that I knew more than I really did. This was extremely insulting to me. Because I'm well-educated. You know, I went to school. Um, you know, I went to school. I went to college. You know, I was even considering going to graduate school for a long time. Like, I, I, I know things. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I'm not someone who's, I'm not uh, ignorant of the, a lot of these things. These are things, a lot of these topics are things that I'm passionate about. And that I've put a lot of time to study and research and understand. So to have someone talking to me as if I just think I know stuff when I don't is disrespectful. In college, I felt like I had like that Dunning-Kruger like feeling like <laughs> midlife crisis in college or whatever you want to call it. Um, so like when I was in college, I thought super highly of myself. But then I realized that, hey, I struggle way more than I realize. And that's when I started being more serious about, hey, I am disabled. I am not perfect I have flaws I can't do certain things I had to come to terms with that in college and I still graduated and graduated and, and did well but the reality of it is is that you know I struggled and I always will struggle I have disabilities I have learning disabilities I have trouble focusing um you know I had to learn to accept those parts of myself that I never wanted to admit were true and to have someone tell me like years after college, you know, after I've gr grown past all of that, that I still think I know more than I, I do or all this nonsense. Like, it's just no, like it was just disrespectful. 
She doesn't know my experiences. She doesn't know what I know. I'm very um, aware of what I don't know. And that's the key. Um, I thought I knew it all, but then you realize that you barely know anything. And I'm very aware of the things I don't know. And I put in effort to learn the things that I don't know. Obviously not everything. Um, but, you know, the things that I'm passionate about, I, I put in the work to make sure I'm knowledgeable and educated on it. Um, so she has no idea what I experienced in life, yet she always feels like she can make claims about my character and who I am as a person when she just doesn't know. She just doesn't know me like that. The ableist terminology would get worse and used more often as well. She would always tell me to stop having a strop, which means temper tantrum and British slang. Every time I spoke up for myself against her toxicity and abuse, I was having a strop in her mind. Yes, I have autistic meltdowns, but they are not tantrums. There were times when I was completely calm, but nope, in her mind, I was having a strop. Whenever she decided I was having a strop, I was having a strop. Even if I was like completely content and just trying to have a conversation with her, if she decided it's a strop, it's a strop. She would say that I cry like I'm, I'm in a pram, which apparently means baby carriage in British slang. Uh, I had no idea what some of these slang words meant for a while. I had to look them up myself and find out that she was being blatantly ableist towards me constantly. She would say these things all the time, and it, it's toxic. It makes you feel belittled. It makes you feel worthless. It makes you feel less than, and she knew that that um, was how it was making me feel because I've always communicated to her how her words would hurt me, but she didn't care, and she would continue to use that terminology for months on end, but this is one of the ways, one of many ways that she was ableist. Um, and I'll get more about that on that topic later and in future episodes because ableism um, definitely deserves its own top, you know, episodes or episodes of an S even maybe. Um, so I would tell her how her insults, how her insults that she, you know, rarely would back up with evidence and how these, you know, ableist microaggressions that she would constantly use against me were hurting me. And I was very transparent with her about this. But she showed me with her actions that she didn't care how much she was hurting me. And that she would keep continuing these same behaviors until she got what she wanted. Until she got what she wanted. And I feel like this is where the manipulation with her would come in. I think in her mind, she was trying to manipulate me to turn me into a version of myself that she would like, that she finds bearable. So anything that she doesn't like, she would tear down and make me feel terrible about so that I will want to do better and be better and be what she wants me to be. Something that's more easy for her to put up with. I felt like there was a lot of manipulation going on there. And in the beginning, it was working really well because I just believed everything she said about me. But once we got to a point where I started to recognize that this is not okay behavior, this is not how you treat someone, that is when she would get more upset, more angry, because I wasn't being manipulated. Every once in a while, she would apologize and admit that she was toxic and abusive, which was helpful to me, but she would admit 
that she she would also admit that she needs to change her ways, but the next day it would just be back to the same patterns again. And I was starting to lose hope. So why did I stay? This is a really important topic. Um, yes, I, I admit I had the feelings for Zoe for a while. And I also just refuse to give up on people I invest in. You know, yeah, I, I put a shell down. I put my shell down to be friends of her. And when I do that, there's often no turning back at that point. Like, I have let my true self come out. I'm invested in you as a person. That's not going to end. That's not going to change. And I didn't want to lose my friendship with her or anyone, really. Um, I wanted, I like to keep the people that I meet in my life. And if I invest in you and get closer to you, I, I try even harder to keep you. So when things were going well, they were great. You know, we had a lot in common. We had good sense of humor. Like, people just don't realize that we had a pretty good friendship. Um, it, the only downside in my mind was, you know, the abuse. The toxic behaviors. The ableism. And sometimes they would just come out of nowhere. Like, we would be having a great day. And then all of a sudden, like, I do something that bothers her and it the whole day is ruined because of whatever that is that I did. You know, apparently my autistic quirks triggered her and her reactions, her moods, her blow-ups, but I was never truly given, like, a forward or straight explanation for why me doing something or me just existing would upset her sometimes. But the truth is, in my mind, the fact that I defended myself upset her. Um, Qatar, who I'll talk more about later, you know, he's told me that he was fully aware of how abusive Zoe can be and that, in, like, from his perspective, he would just resort to ignoring her whenever she would blow up. And I also talked to Ricky the Rixer um, in private about Zoe because I was trying to understand, like, why was Zoe treating me this way? I was trying to talk to people to gain some insight into her abusive behaviors. And he told me that he tried to play league with her in the past and that she was extremely toxic um, back then. And all of her friends would just do nothing about it. They would just allow it to happen, not call it out, not say that you shouldn't behave this way. And he was so uncomfortable by that that he didn't want to play anymore. He says that he still associates with her, like, you know, a little bit here and there. But, like, that just goes to show you that this is not a new thing like this is something that's within her but the people around her just enable her and allow her to think that it's okay to behave in such a way and I'm not saying she didn't ever make any positive changes in life but it's very clear with the way she was treating me that there's still a lot of work to be done and she couldn't admit that and I feel like a lot of the people closest to her enable her or they don't know what she can turn into and that's dangerous um, because when you don't call somebody out for something, it allows them to feel justified in their behaviors. They think that it's acceptable to keep behaving that way. And I'm not that kind of person, so I couldn't do that. It's not acceptable to abuse your friends. It's not acceptable to attack someone's intelligence and try to make them think they're stupid or less than you because they think differently from you. It is not okay to assume that Someone doesn't know important details about their sel themselves or 
you know, how being autistic affects them. It's not acceptable to continue to be ableist after being told countless times to stop and how much harm it's causing. She had no right to do any of those things to me. Ignoring it doesn't solve anything, so I didn't ignore it. I confronted it. I knew I didn't deserve that treatment. No friend does this to another friend. But at the same time, I didn't want to give up on her. I'm loyal to my core. If I invest in you, you know, I'll be understanding and supportive always. I was okay with putting up with her abuse and and toxicity, but I wanted her to get help or address it so that I wouldn't have to feel like I'm going to have to put up with this for the entirety of our association together. In my mind, her abusive behavior was ruining our friendship. I couldn't put up with it any longer. Towards the end, I, I thought of giving up multiple times, but I didn't because I knew others had given up on her because she's told me that she's had issues with other people like this. And, you know, I didn't want to do that. Like, I didn't want to give up. I don't like to give up on people. Um, so I stayed when I shouldn't have. She claimed that she cared and wanted their friendship to work as well, which is also another reason I stayed because I didn't want to give up because I thought she didn't want to give up. Um, so I kept trying and hoping that, you know, she would follow through with her words, but her actions rarely ever matched her words. And that's when a red flag now that I realized that clearly she didn't care enough about me to change her behaviors and stop hurting me and causing harm to me constantly. Um, that just goes to show you how much someone really cares about you. She did not truly care about me enough to stop hurting me. The reality is that I was desperate not to lose my friend. So when I get in a desperate state like that, I don't always make the best choices. You know, I have high hopes and expectations that are unrealistic at times when I get into that desperate mindset. So I was expecting her to take responsibility for her actions when that wasn't really a reasonable expectation to have given the countless times she's shown me that she does not care to do so. So that was one of my mistakes in this, not accepting the fact that this person doesn't care enough to stop these behaviors. But I kept hoping that their words were true, that they meant what they said. But there's no real way to explain what nine months of abuse was like from Zoe. I know she was abusive, cruel, and extremely ableist. She knew she was hurting me, but she didn't care and blamed me for being who I am. Well, blamed me for being who I am as the reasoning for her abuse. She never truly took any responsibility for the damage she caused me. Yes, she would apologize, but in the end, you saw how she didn't take any responsibility or accountability in her response, and to this day, she probably still doesn't. Um, she ultimately, at the end, decided that you know she has she's had enough. Basically, she was able to decide when she hit her breaking point, and. That's when she decided to just lie to me and cut me off. And my last hope was on her final words before, like, we took that month break where she openly admitted to me that she knows that she's abusive. She knows that nothing I do warrants it and that she will address the concerns that I would bring up. And I was truly happy to hear that. And I, I, I respected that month break. And I was hoping that when we come back, she would actually be like, hey, I'm going to finally address these things that 
you've brought up that I I said I would address. And it just all turned out to be a lie. And I think that's what really made me blow up to that meltdown uh, in the Jack Discord. Because, like, I just realized that everything she had told me is a lie. And that I was putting up with this abuse for all these years for nothing. I mean, not years. (laughs) All these months for nothing. And it's like, wow, why? Like, this is not okay. Like, I can't just let someone be abusive and lie like this. And just walk away like nothing happened um it's not right and like I was honestly concerned because she's shown that she has abusive tendencies that she can be ableist and would choose not to listen when someone tells her that they're she's being ableist and uh she can hurt other people doing this and she has hurt other people she's told me she has and uh people had come to me privately telling me about things with Qatar and Zoe and that was concerning me and made me realize that this is bigger than myself. People have been hurt by the actions of Zoe and Qatar, and I need to speak up about it. So that is why I continue to speak up and do all the, most of the things I did, but I'll cover all that later on. But um, it's just, it's just hard looking back on it. It was, there were good times in the relationship There were times where I truly thought she was a good and genuine person, but I realize now that, you know, this whole time, for most of the time, she was just trying to lead the relationship while saying the exact opposite constantly. And, you know, there's no way that anyone could convince me that Zoe is a good person. Like, a good person doesn't do these things. She's an abusive liar that would never take responsibility for the harm she caused. I allowed it to go on because I cared deeply for her, but she just didn't care enough. That's the truth of that relationship. Um, There's probably things I'm missing, but I don't want to go into any more of it than that. Like, that's all that I really needed to cover that was important about that. In my mind, there's no forgiving someone like Zoe, and um, I will forever have to deal with the trauma that she caused me for the rest of my life and it hurts me that she has taken no accountability and no one else has held her accountable either um but you know it is what it is but talking about it and just getting off my chest like this helps a lot as well so now we're moving on to Qatar he gets his own little section um so Qatar is far from innocent as people try to claim he was or is um He engaged in a lot of gaslighting. So a lot of the times I would come to him to talk about the issues I was having with Zoe. He would try to make me question my reality and think that it was, think that I didn't interpret something right or that it's my fault that she's acting that way. He would constantly focus on my actions when it's very apparent that Zoe is being abusive, um, you know, exhibiting abusive behaviors, but he would never call it that. And when I would call it that, he would recognize that it's, a, it's you know, that's something that happens, but he wouldn't act like abuse is unacceptable. He would just act like, well, that can happen, but you just do this then. And I thought that was very strange. I felt he had a bias towards Zoe. Um, we had our little, like, little group discussion where we tried to save the relationship for a while. That was including uh, Whip, or Dan and I, and Katar and Zoe in discord uh we were all in a group chat and 
in that group chat is where I was gaslit the most by him. Uh, and he would never really question any of her claims. He would even like flat out say that the way she thinks about something is a problem, but just never really address it to her in any meaningful way. So it would allow her to just continue thinking that way and be like, oh, it's fine. I can do what I want then. We just don't agree. And I'm like, no, this is not just something you agree to disagree on. You don't act this way. Like, this is not okay ways to behave. Like, you don't abuse people. You don't act ableist and then just say, oh, we disagree. So that sucks. Like, no, that's not how you handle those situations. So I was very frustrated in that group chat, seeing how Katara was behaving, how it felt like no one was taking this seriously. And um, it just ended in a terrible way where Zoe just basically gets her way. No one can question what she says and that's it. But I had to have my stuff questioned and teared down and broken up and made assumptions made about me, my intentions. And it was just a lot to deal with. And I felt hurt by it because I thought that we would come in there and make progress. But all that happened is I just get more abuse. Uh, I think Katara tried to focus on what each of us were doing wrong a lot of the times, but often he would completely ignore the fact that he knew Zoe was abusive and was causing me severe pain for months on end. Um, I think in his mind, he was trying to be objective by focusing on what each other person is doing, each of, each person's doing wrong. And that's fine, but when an abusive situation is there, and it's very obvious that nothing I'm doing is causing it or warranting it. You can't, that doesn't help anything. Because the reality of it was over the months, like I was going to therapy, I was on medications. I found the right medications for me right now. And my behavior has changed drastically and hers hasn't. So like all that does is show me that it doesn't matter what I change. It doesn't matter what I do differently. She will just always respond these ways. She will always just turn abusive and get toxic and be ableist and hurtful. And he would just never, you know, recognize that for what it is. He would just keep focusing on what I should change when changing things did nothing. I trusted him to be the objective person that he claimed he was, but all he did was cater to Zoe or blame me for how I was treated by her. He enabled her and allowed her to feel justified in the way she would treat me. She would often use Qatar to defend her actions when we would have our own private conversations. She'd be like, well, Qatar thought of it this way, so it was almost as if in her mind, Qatar is the ultimate knowledge source, so anything he says is fact and just goes. But like, and from my perspective, I could see how biased Qatar was, how he's not as educated or as, you know, um, objective as he claims to be. So. I didn't take everything he said as fact or as the, you know, objective truth. I analyzed everything and I could see bias in his behaviors and the way he treated me versus her. He also tried to tell me in the end, which I will never be able to forgive him for this, that he understood why Zoe didn't want to associate with me when I was having a meltdown because of the pain that they both have caused. It's... It's so difficult for me when somebody tries to blame me for my actions or my reactions when they are literally the cause of the 
actions and reactions. Um, that doesn't make thing everything that I do justified or make it right. But you can't ignore that. And that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to say that, oh, this is just how you act. So that's why Zoe doesn't want to talk to you and associate with you. But the reality of it is that's how I get when I'm stressed out, when I'm being abused, when I'm being unheard, when I'm being ignored and mistreated. That's what brings me to meltdown. I'm only getting to these places because of the way they've treated me. And they would just completely ignore that, but blame me for how I'm, you know, having a meltdown right now, showing me that they have no understanding of autistic meltdowns. And to me, that is ableist as well, blaming me for, you know, the meltdowns that I have no control over and not recognizing that, hey, you know, we're the ones, you know, causing this. We're putting this person through distress and abuse and, you know, this gaslighting and it's having this impact on her, but I'm just going to make her feel bad about it because it's her fault. That's basically how I felt associating with both of them towards the end. And I, I just couldn't believe he said that to me and didn't have any compassion, didn't have any ability to realize the pain he was putting me through and why I was reacting in such a way. So Zoe didn't want to associate with someone who would tell her the truth about herself. So instead of hearing the truth, she deflected and insulted and degraded me instead. But I wouldn't just ignore it. I fought back and stood up for myself. And she couldn't handle that. If I entreated respectfully, not constantly gaslighted or ignored and abused, I don't have meltdowns like that. I might have them occasionally, but I was having them more often because of the way they're treating me. And they just took no responsibility for that whatsoever. He was and still is completely oblivious to the harm he was causing and allowing Zoe to get away with. He has done nothing but validate her abusiveness again and again. His response proves that even more so. In his response, he tries to validate Zoe's um, response that she's now deleted. Um, I have all these links in the description as well. Um, but he tried to say that her response was the most accurate representation of what happened. And it's just laughable, really, because like her response is just full of lies and exaggerations of the truth. And he never cared and still doesn't care to know what the truth actually is. He doesn't even have the ability to make a claim like that. He doesn't know what happened between us for nine months straight. He only knows some things that we came to him to talk about yet he still thinks that he knew enough to say that hers is the most accurate representation. Like, it just shows the bias he has towards her and how he will say anything to defend her or make it seem like what she's doing isn't a problem. And it's just sad, really. Um, I don't know how anyone can see Katara as a good person, but in my mind, good people don't behave this way. Good people call people out for doing things wrong. They take responsibility. They're, they're open to listening to people who they've hurt. And Katar refuses to do that, just like Zoe refuses to do that. And for that, I want nothing to do with either one of them again. So now I'm going to move on to the decision and the moderation team. I'm going to try to go through this quickly because I realize <laughs> this has been going on for quite a bit. But yeah, so... From my understanding, the mods that made the decision are Bobby Kaze, Luigi, Blaffy, Roser, Josh, Headstrong, Chim, Six Rock, and Goofy. I might have missed somebody, 
But those are all the mods that I think made the original decision on, you know, on the case with me and Zoe and Qatar. And Whip, which I'll get to that later. And uh, I wrote a whole pace spin talking about why I feel the decision was just invalid. Uh, the way they handled the investigation was just completely improper. And um, just, just is not the way that any community should ever handle a situation like this. So I think it's really important for me to talk about this in detail. So in my mind, if you're going to do an investigation, you need to make sure it's done properly. The mods failed to do this investigation properly. I talked more about that in one of the paste bins, which I have in the description as well. So feel free to read it if you want more detail, but I'll just briefly cover some of it to summarize it a little bit. So I think I wrote like a few points on um, things that went wrong that um, just should not have happened. So the first thing is they didn't tell any of us how they were going to conduct it and left us mostly in the dark the entire time. Then um, Blaffy, uh, who I'll talk more about Blaffy later, you know, they blamed me for how I was responding and prolonging the investigation when I was literally explaining to multiple mods that I was traumatized by what was happening. Um, I don't know how someone could ever do that and think that that's acceptable to do. Two, they gathered evidence and never questioned us for context or any supportive information. So not only were we not told how they planned on conducting the investigation, they also never questioned us or tried to get context or any understanding for any of the evidence that was given, which is what I was expecting. I didn't know that they were just going to take the evidence and, you know, just start making assumptions and then that's it. Um, so no investigation just gathers evidence and discusses it privately, asks no questions, gets no context and talks to no one about it. You know, like that's just not an investigation. Like that's just you taking stuff and making assumptions off of it. That's basically what they did. And um, to me, like, it's become clear to me that that's what happened because like every time I would talk to a mod like they would say things that just are not accurate to what happened at all and I don't know if they got more context from Zoe or Katara but they definitely didn't get it from Dan and I and um, that just shows me that they didn't have enough to work with to make a proper decision three I had to ask Blaffy who I believe truly shouldn't have been the one getting evidence anyway, because they were obviously biased towards Qatar because they admitted that they're friends with Qatar. So like in the beginning, like Blaffy should not have been involved in any of this from the get go. But, you know, um, we know that <laughs> they don't seem to do things that are proper here. But yeah, um, so I had to ask Blaffy to reach out to Whipcord, which doesn't make any sense like this is an investigation you guys are supposed to be doing the investigating you guys go to people you guys ask questions you guys do what you need to do to get all the information you need so you have a proper case that's how an investigation works so this entire moderation team completely ignored the fact that whip was heavily involved and witnessed everything that i claimed he literally would read full conversations he talked to Zoe, he talked to Qatar, he was in the group chat, he was just as involved as, as everyone else, and his perspective was completely ignored, and no context was asked of him, no questions were asked of him. Um, I just don't know how you can call it a valid investigation if you ignore a valid witness that would defend my side. 
Um, but they question, you know, everyone else involved. Like they talk to Zoe and Katara and get stuff from them, but they just completely leave out uh, Whip or Dan from the situation or the investigation altogether, which I just think is extremely pathetic and just not the way you should go about an investigation whatsoever. You know, Whipcorp is also dealing with a lot with his mental health. You know, it was hard for him to see how Zoe was destroying me every day. You know, he went through a lot too, and they couldn't care less about that. So four, then after the decision, as I go to get an understanding of the decision, I'm just shrugged off by many of the mods and told to move on or get over it when I'm bringing up valid issues about how the investigation was held. Like, these are very valid issues. How you didn't tell us how you were going to conduct the investigation, how you didn't gather enough evidence or context. You know, all this stuff is not okay. Like, Blaffy should not have been involved in getting the evidence um, because of their obvious bias. Like, there are just many issues here that I brought up, but they're just all ignored because no one wants to admit fault or address anything that was, you know, going on that's obviously wrong. So, like, one of the things that happened is I was talking to Bobby Kaze and our, and he actually just displayed to me a complete ignorance about ableism. And I'm supposed to somehow believe that, you know, these nine people are able to make an objective, unbiased decision about something that they don't even all understand. Like, that is what was really concerning to me because, you know, I was talking to Bobby Kaze about, you know, H.S. Blue's situation. And then he's like, well, it, it couldn't have been ableism with H.S. Blue because nobody knew H.S. Blue, Blue's diagnosis. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a huge red flag because, you know, the whole thing about ableism is that most people do these things subconsciously. Like, they're not, you know, fully aware of their bias but they're still doing it. They're still engaging in it. And that's why it needs to be talked about. That's why it needs to be recognized. So the fact that Bobby doesn't even, you know, understand that ableism can present itself regardless of if someone's diagnosis is shared or not, you know, that's extremely concerning. And it made me feel like, how can I trust the vote of these mods when they have, they show this type of ignorance? Like this is dangerous. Um, and the other dangerous aspect of it is the fact that, you know, Bobby Kaze doesn't even want to learn. When I'm telling him that these are, this is ignorant, this is not the way you should think about ableism, instead of being opening to listening and learning from this, he just shuts me down and tells me to get over it or move on. Like, none of this is acceptable behavior. So, like I said, how can I trust these nine people when I see obvious proof that at least one and plenty more don't even understand what they are voting on. So in my mind, this investigation had no validity whatsoever. And no one has ever addressed any of these valid points that I brought up. Um, it just gets ignored and pushed away. And I'm just told to move on and get over it. And it's like, you can't just pretend that these things didn't happen. Like, um, I have a, every right to question the way you handled this situation. And I don't agree with the way this investigation was handled. I feel like it was handled very poorly. And I have a right to talk to you and question you about that. And they didn't like that. And that is when I had to start speaking out publicly because I'm like, 
no one's listening to me. And the only way to get them to listen is to speak out publicly, defend myself publicly, because everything that they're putting out there just wasn't right, just wasn't accurate. This wasn't true. And it's just a mess. So in my mind, something that I really hope people take away from this is to learn how to handle an investigation better. This is not the way you handle an investigation at all whatsoever. And I just don't understand how none of them could ever take responsibility for how they hand, like how improperly they handled this investigation. It's an embarrassment, honestly. But um, I did want to make some points about a few of the mods that I've had interactions with. Uh, in that same pace bin where I talked about these issues with the mods, I talked about Blaffy and their behaviors. I really would rather not talk about them again. So if you want to know what they did and why I have no respect for them, you can go and read that pace bin. But I'll cover the other people because it's shorter and it's not too hard to talk about all of them. But yeah. I made a video about, you know, my abuse and what had happened. And uh, I called out a few of the mods about, you know, ableism that I noticed when I first joined the Jack community. And uh, when I did that, you know, Goofy actually reached out and apologized to me. And I appreciated that a lot. I don't know if I'm ever going to speak with Goofy again, but I will say that I appreciate the fact that they came to me and apologized because that was something that was hard for me to experience in the very beginning because I wasn't sure if I could trust this community you know to be respectful towards me and uh you know I appreciate when people come and take accountability admit fault and apologize so uh I have nothing against Goofy and I just want him to know that I respect him for doing that Josh also was someone that was understanding and showed compassion towards me during all of this he talked to me in, in VC, you know, discussed, you know, what had happened. And I felt like he was one of the only mods to show me compassion that you would expect to show, like you would expect an abuse victim to receive. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for that. I feel like Josh might have just felt conflicted. And I understand why he's in a really good position right now streaming successful um and a lot of these people that were harm harming me are people that support his stream so it, it becomes really difficult to call people out or stand up against things when people that are causing harm are people that you know help support you a lot and um i understand that conflict so i don't uh blame josh for anything um it's sad that People have to be put in these conflicting situations where they don't know how to act or they, they don't speak up because it can harm them. But I have nothing but respect for Josh still um, because he was respectful and compassionate towards me. Um, Six Rock somewhat apologized, but uh, I later found out that he would talk a lot to Piggle about how he could counter all of my points. But... Six Rock never had the ability to come speak to me about any of the points that he was speaking out about or countering. So to me, it just shows like a lot of these mods barely even talked to me, barely reached out to me, barely tried to understand anything from my side, but they're all countering my points when they don't even talk to me. 
Um, so for me, I lose respect for someone who can do things like that. Chim was respectful at first, but then I felt like he started to act as if he had no idea why I was upset and bothered. And that felt disrespectful and rude to me. I just didn't understand how he wouldn't understand the conflict that I'm having, the issues that I'm having when I'm being very clear about it. I still have respect for Chim, but I know that I can never trust him fully again because he just showed me that he won't be there for me when I need it. Um, that's basically what all these people have shown me. A lot of these mods have shown me that they will just not be there when I need it the most. And I can't trust people like that. I can't feel safe around people like that. And that's what um, breaks my heart and concerns me so much, but it's just the reality. Um, I will mention that I said some things about Luigi publicly and on stream at some point, and I realize now that there might have been a language barrier between us, so I don't blame Luigi at all anymore. I have respect for Luigi and have no, no issues with him, but um, I felt like he was coming off very disrespectfully and very, you know, showed a lack of compassion for me, but I don't think it was intentional. It could have just been a language issue, so... Um, I did want to clarify that because that was somebody that I actually apologized to privately and publicly because um, I genuinely feel like they deserve that. I do want to clarify that um, HS Blue's issue, like him leaving the Discord and the message he sent when he left, that is one of the things that made me start to fight more on Twitter. I think that's something that a lot of the mods or people just don't think about or don't care then to understand. Um, I apologized to all of the mods at one point with, after I made my video because my initial reaction with Blaffy was very harsh, which I talk about that in the paste bin, so you can go read that. And uh, I, I recognize that, but I was also very emotional, very traumatized, very hurt. And to me, all of that should be very understandable, but I just feel like no one has been understanding or compassionate at all towards me when it comes to this, but um, I apologize for my initial reaction, but the reason why I started calling people out again and speaking up for myself, standing up for myself, um, speaking about ableism, is because I realized that, you know, this issue is bigger than me. HS Blue was dealing with subtle ableism in the Jack community discord, and that's not right. Someone needs to say something. Someone needs to speak up, and that's why I continue to do so. Um, so I think that's really important to share because Bobby and so many other people have tried to call me selfish because of the things I'm doing when I'm doing this for more than just myself. I see that there's a problem and I'm trying to get it addressed. And I know that people know what's the problem, but people are afraid to speak up because of the way they're treating me. Like who would want to speak up and defend me or be on my side publicly when you see how they're treating me? Um, so like, there's a lot of people coming behind the scenes in support of me, but no one can do it publicly because they know that they will be completely mistreated. Like I have been, or I continue to be. Um, but I think it's really important to get that out there that this is not just about me. I do believe their decisions and everything that they've done towards me is, is disgusting, but you know, this is bigger than just me like more people could be hurt by these their actions than just me um so i want to quickly talk about pig og3 and headstrong 
And then I will talk about some of the big learning points or things that I feel like we should be able to move past or learn from. Um, so Piggle, uh, at first Piggle supported me, but um, he just wanted me to drop things so that he could be happy and more comfortable. And I noticed that this just, you know, continued to grow and fester in him day after day. He didn't like how I kept standing up for myself. He didn't like how I wasn't afraid to call people out. He didn't like that I was unhappy with the way things were being handled. And he just wanted me to stop and get over it. And that's not for you to say. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know how much this traumatized me. You can't just tell me to get over it and stop. And, uh, you know, I spent, he spent multiple days in a row attacking me for how I felt and telling me that my anger is not justified or that how I'm dealing with it isn't right. And eventually I just started getting fed up with him. Uh, Dan even tried to talk to him to get him to stop causing me harm because like every day he would just bring me to a point of the like uh, extreme stress and depression attacking me and telling me that I'm doing everything wrong but completely ignoring all the actions that are causing my reactions and I just can't handle unfairness like that it's just it just personally bothers me a lot uh, double standards like that where you only judge me, but you're never judging anybody else or the, the person harming me. Like he just felt very biased to me. And eventually he just got fed up and blocked us both. And I feel like that's been for the best because he was literally making my mental health worse every day doing that to me. And um, I don't think I can forgive him for that. Um, there was a lot of behaviors that Piggle did that were ableist and were just toxic and I just let it go because I thought he was my friend and I didn't want to make a big deal about it. But Piggle engaged in victim blaming me. Uh, he would constantly just tell me that, well, well, you shouldn't have kept talking to her or you shouldn't have done that. Well, then why'd you do this when it's like I was the victim of abuse here? This is not how you treat a abuse victim. And he wanted me to just get over it, you know over something traumatizing and abusive and something in an ableist experience that I went through as if he has no compassion whatsoever. And uh, I just couldn't put up with it at a certain point. I personally lost all respect for him and his bias towards the community was very obvious. All he wanted was things to just go back to normal because then he can be happy and comfortable but I would just sit there and be hurt and traumatized with nothing happening. Uh, he would be okay with that. He, like everyone else, just wanted me to be silent so they could move on. Well, in reality, I don't get to move on. I will have to deal with this trauma for the rest of my life. This is never going to go away. And it's not that easy for me. It's easy for you because you weren't the one abused. You weren't the one hurt. You're not the one being persecuted. You're not the one being attacked. And um, that's why I just can't respect him. A moment, like this is one of those situations where I needed a friend the most and he just let me down and I don't think I could ever forgive him. So then G3. Um, G3 started being like a mediator between me and the mods because uh, eventually the mod just stopped communicating with me and telling me anything. So I was talking to G3 for a lot of things. 
and he crossed the line when um, he would victim blame me constantly. When we would talk in private, he was always trying to find a way to blame me for what happened, blame me for the abuse, blame me for the behaviors that I'm responding to. Everything is my fault. And I couldn't, that's just toxic, you know, victim blaming. I'll get to that later. Um, and then what he did that's really unforgivable is he accused me of purposely leaving out context in my evidence. Uh, Dan was talking to G3 privately and he was saying to him that, you know, it's the moderator's responsibility, the runs running the investigation to make sure they have all the information that they need. And if you don't tell us how you're going to handle the investigation, how do you expect us to know what to give you? How do you expect us to know that you don't you're you're not going to come for more context? We both were expecting that and we didn't receive that because no one told us that. And then G3, in his mind, and the mods' minds, apparently, they want to blame Whip for not coming to them to give evidence or give supportive context when that doesn't make sense. Like, you guys are the ones doing the investigation. You guys get the information you need. You guys go out to find. You guys have to do the investigating. You know, we're not supposed to be doing the investigation for you. So, um, I guess he got upset about that and decided to make accusations about the evidence that I gathered saying that, you know, I didn't give evidence of context just so I could get my way. And it's just completely disrespectful, completely out of line and not true. I got what I was asked to get, which is evidence of abuse and ableism. I provided that and y'all didn't get any extra context and that's not my fault. And I couldn't believe that he was making such a ridiculous assumption about me publicly and it's just okay it's just acceptable so I responded very angrily um saying he was disgusting and trash because to me someone who would do that when g3 knows he hasn't even seen the evidence he's just assuming against me he's assuming that I would purposely give evidence that leaves out context just so I can get my way and I'm just like, I, I can't believe someone could say something like that about me when they haven't even seen the evidence. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think I can have respect for him for that. He's never apologized for this. No one's ever called him out for this. No one does anything about any of the things that people do to me. And it's just not right. So Headstrong, there was a point where I was talking to Headstrong and she was understanding at first, and I felt like our conversation was valuable, but I came to her again recently to be like, you know, hey, I'll be okay with moving on if, if you guys take accountability. Like, I want people to be held accountable for the things they've done to me, things Piggle has done, you know, things all these people have done to me behind the scenes in public. You know, this stuff is not okay. Like, my character has been publicly tarnished because of y'all's behaviors. And y'all keep saying I'm lying about you and all this stuff. But what I'm really doing is just speaking the truth. Like I'm sharing my perspective. If y'all didn't communicate with me and tell me what, you know, what's really happening, what's really going on, you can't be upset at me for speaking from my perspective. Um, nothing I shared was a lie in my mind. Everything I shared was true or it was exactly what was happening. And I was just attacked for doing that attacked for being honest attacked for sharing how I feel attacked for sharing education and knowledge about things that 
clearly a lot of these mods were ignorant about. Um, and I could just see the bias in Headstrong when I was talking to her. Um, instead of focusing on the fact that I want accountability to be had for everyone, she would just deflect onto me constantly, making me feel like I'm the one who's in the wrong. I'm the one who should stop. I'm the one who just needs to get over it. I'm the one who just needs to move on. And it's like, why can't that happen and people be held accountable? Why can't I expect people to apologize for the things that they did? Why would I ever want to join the community again if you guys can't even admit how messed up you were to me? If you can't admit how disrespectful you've been, how hurtful you've been, how much you've traumatized me? Um, I just don't understand um, how they have this much of a lack of understanding and compassion for what they're, you know, what they're doing to someone. Um, so I'm not saying I don't have respect for Headstrong, but, uh, our second conversation just showed me that, you know, clearly these people don't care about me and what my needs are. They're only prioritizing the, you know, the people that are on their side and I can't respect that. So I do recommend if you want more information on like what mods did specifically, um, go check out things in the description that I wrote in paste bins. Um, but now I'm going to just talk about how to treat abuse victims because I think this is really important too. Um, I feel like a lot of these mods didn't really understand how to treat an abuse victim. Um, one, they kept downplaying my abuse, making it seem like it's not that bad. Even G3 in private would tell me that it wasn't that bad. When no one should ever be trying to tell someone if abuse was that bad or not. You have no idea what that person went through. That is toxic. That is just wrong. And none of this is how you treat an, a victim of abuse. Um, I was abused emotionally and psychologically. I also felt really helpless because Qatar did nothing to support me when he was in the position to do so. The power dynamic made things far more complex. I felt trapped and helpless. I was, de I was desperate to not lose my friends, but at the same time, they didn't act like friends at all. Um, this is obviously going to be a very traumatizing experience for someone who let their guard down for these people and they end up hurting you. And I feel like no one knew how to properly handle this or how to properly treat someone who's been through something like this. So I just want to go over some definitions. Um, you know, I had to deal with a lot of gaslighting, which means to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. Qatar did this to me constantly. And Zoe did this to me constantly. And the mods have been doing it to me constantly. Um, emotional abuse. Emotional abuse is a pattern of behavior in which the perpetrator insults, humiliates, and generally instills fear in an individual in order to control them. The individual's reality may become distorted as they internalize the abuse as their own failings. Zoe constantly made me feel like everything was my fault, and I felt like I was walking on eggshells associating with her. And that's abuse. Um, psychological abuse, you know. Sometimes psychological and emotional abuse are used interchangeably, but they're characterized by a person subjecting or exposing another person to a behavior that may result in psychological trauma, including anxiety, 
chronic depression or post-traumatic stress disorder. It's also often associated with situations of power imbalance, a.k.a. Qatar being a mod and doing nothing, in abusive relationships, and may include bullying and gaslighting, exactly what Zoe and Qatar were both engaged in. So I wanted to go over some of these definitions because I feel like people just have been very ignorant about abuse, mental health, how these things affect someone. Um, I'm not saying all my behaviors were perfect or anything like that, but they definitely didn't warrant um, the responses and reactions that I've seen and gotten from people. Um, It's never the victim's fault that they were abused, okay? It's never the victim's fault. There are things that you can learn so that you're less likely to get abused, right? But um, that doesn't mean that you you say you blame the victim for what they went through. It's never the victim's fault. And I feel like nobody handled this in the way where they, where they accepted that, where they understood that that's a fact. It's almost like they have no understanding of what abuse is like, what trauma is like, um, and how to speak to someone who's been through abuse. Um, it was honestly like jarring and like surreal for me to see people acting this way and, you know, victim blaming constantly, just deflecting and invalidating my experiences. Like, all of this is just terrible, disgusting behavior. And I just don't understand how they justify any of it. But I feel like it's important to talk about some of the things that I went through so people know that this is what happens when you go through abuse. You get traumatized. You get angry. You feel shame. You want to speak out. You want to stand up for yourself. You want to defend yourself. You want people to know what really happened. You don't want people misrepresenting your trauma. And that's what was happening here. So I also want to hit on the negative side effects of victim blaming. I'm going to have some resources in the description as well, um, covering ableism and uh, victim blaming and the, you know, the negative side effects of that. So victim-blaming attitudes marginalize the victim slash survivor and make it harder to come forward and report the abuse. If the survivor knows that you, you or society blames them for the abuse, they will not feel safe or comfortable coming forward and talking to you. So basically what the Jack community created is this, an atmosphere of people who are going to be afraid to speak up. They're going to be afraid to come to people because they know that this is what can potentially happen if they try to speak up about abuse or mistreatment. They know that the mods won't really be there for them. And so many people would come to me privately, but they would never say anything publicly because of the way I was treated. Um, And that's sad. Like, that's embarrassing. You don't want people to feel like they have to, you know, only speak up in private because of how you treat someone. Um, And that's why victim blaming like this is so toxic because it just it hurts everybody it hurts the entire community because now people aren't going to feel safe to come forward about anything and they say like oh you can come to us you can come to us about anything but you did absolutely nothing in this situation why would anyone come to you why would anyone trust you they have absolutely no reason to and i i just it's sad um you know 
in one of the articles I was reading, it said holding victims responsible for their misfortune is partially a way to avoid admitting that something just as unthinkable could happen to you, even if you do everything right. In my experience, people blame victims so that they can continue to feel safe themselves. So I feel like what may have been going on here is a lot of them didn't want to see their friends or, you know, didn't want to see the community in the way that it truly has, you know, been exposed. So blaming me for how I was treated, blaming me for how everything went down is way easier than accepting the unthinkable reality that, hey, maybe Qatar is an abusive person and just doesn't understand that. Or, you know, maybe you guys just don't understand ableism. Or maybe you guys aren't as educated on autistic issues. You know, maybe you guys don't understand microaggressions. Like, none of these things are something that they can accept or talk about. So instead, it's just easier to say, well, you should have done this. You should have done that and everything like that. Um, they're afraid of feeling unsafe in their surroundings. So they have to pretend that everything's fine and just blame me for everything. And um, it's just disappointing that that's the way they're behaving and uh, it's the reality behind their behaviors, but it's the truth. Another good quote that I saw is, at its core, victim blaming could stem from a combination of failure to empathize with victims and a fear reaction triggered by the human drive for self-preservation. That fear reaction in particular can be difficult one for some people to control retraining this instinct is possible it just isn't easy so even here they're admitting that the reasons why people victim blame it's hard to change and that means that there's a lot of people out there who respond this way and that concerns me and I, I really want people to take away from this that Victim blaming is never okay. It's never the victim's fault that they were abused. There's no excuse for it. And there's no reason to victim blame somebody like that constantly and expect them not to be hurt and upset and traumatized by your behaviors. Um, I talked briefly earlier about disrespect towards uh, my partner, Whip. I also wanted to mention that he wrote a pace band going over his side of everything, but I just wanted to hit on a few quick points. Um, you know, apparently the mods blamed him for the lack of ability to do the investigation properly. That's not right. It's not fair. It's biased. It's just wrong. He's not responsible to do the investigation for you. He was completely excluded from the process, so they just acted like it was just three people involved when he was heavily involved in all of it. No one checked to see how his mental health was doing, No one cared for his needs and how much he was hurt by Zoe and her actions. No one cared about his needs, and that is just unforgivable. He was also unfairly banned when there are multiple people acting upset for justified reasons. Whip got banned from the Discord by Blathy, by the way, because he was upset that Blathy insulted me publicly in the Discord, and he was defending me. He was obviously upset. And Blaffy abuses their power as a mod to ban him. And I just felt like that was completely unnecessary. There's so many better ways to handle situations like this, but a lot of these mods just abuse their power and just take things way too far because they're upset. And even though Blaffy's not a mod now, 
Um, they have not been, you know, held accountable for any of the things that they've done. Um, they're allowed to just apologize to the community discord and completely ignore the people that they have constantly hurt me and whip. And I just don't think that that's acceptable. They have been extremely disrespectful to my partner. And that's also unforgivable for me. So um, there's a lot of ignorance with ableism that I want to briefly cover. Uh, one of the main points I want to hit on is that intent matters. But it does not matter more than the impact when it comes to things like ableism and anything similar to it. The same thing applies to sanism. So I'll define some of these words. So sanism describes discrimination and oppression against a mental trait or condition a person has or is judged to have. The discrimination may or may not be characterized in terms of mental disorder or cognitive impairment. So something I noticed throughout this whole situation is I'm being called unsta unstable, unhinged for being hurt and expressing myself, explaining how I feel, calling people out, standing up for myself as if that invalidates everything that I'm going through. And that's sanism. It's discriminating and being oppressed, you know, oppressing me for the, you know, the mental condition that I'm in because of the abuse that I experienced, because of the trauma I've experienced, and because of the additional trauma uh, these, you know, these additional people have caused me. That doesn't mean or make anything that I've said not valid or something that they can just ignore or not listen to. But I've seen so many of them behind the scenes say, oh, you're acting unstable or, you know, you're unhinged, all this stuff as valid reasons to ignore my perspective. And it's just wrong. So then there's ableism. You know, simple definition is discrimination in favor of able-bodied people. Um, ableism, by definition, is the discrimination and prejudice against individuals with disabilities. This bias is based on the assumption that typical abilities in people who have them are superior. Um, that last sentence is a really important part. Um, I think that something that people don't understand is that a lot of the time, subtle ableism will show itself as an unconscious bias. So it's not something that you're going to be aware of that you're doing, but it's a bias that will be obvious to people who have dealt with ableism before who know what this is like, who know what the subtle, you know, ableist behaviors mean and how they hurt and how they cause harm. I feel like this is where the mods and people have just completely ignored, um, you know, the impact that, you know, certain things that you say and behaviors can have. It doesn't matter if your intent was pure. If you're being ableist, you're still causing harm. You're having an impact, and that needs to be recognized. And no one has ever recognized that in this entire situation. Ableist microaggressions often come in the form of language and are usually unintentional or well-intentioned. Microaggressions are subtle, but offensive comments are actions that are unintentional and reinforce a prior mental image. I think, wait, let me re-say that. Microaggressions are subtle, but offensive comments or actions that are unintentional and reinforce a prior mental image. Um, this is really important because this goes to show that this, like, your intent doesn't 
change the fact that what you did or said or how you treated someone is ableist. And that's the argument that they kept trying to use when it's just not an accurate one. You know, I have evidence, I have supportive evidence that educate and explain these things and they just ignore them and don't want to learn, don't want to admit fault. Like, it's embarrassing, but this knowledge is freely available and I also have more of these resources in the description. Um, And I feel like it's important to recognize that ableism can show itself in different ways. Obviously, um, microaggressions is just one way, but that way can still cause damage. It can still have an impact, and it's still just as valid as the other ways that ableism can be expressed in. I'll add one more comment um, about ableism. Ableist microaggressions are commonplace verbal or behavioral indignities whether intentional or unintentional, which communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative slights and insults in relation to developmental, emotional, physical, or psychiatric disability. So the key thing here is the fact that it's intentional or unintentional. I would say that from what I experienced, um, Zoe's ableism was intentional and Katara's was unintentional. But that doesn't change the fact that they are both behaving in ableist ways. It doesn't mean that they both should just not take responsibility for um, the ableism that they exhibited in. And the way that they would think about things and the way that they would treat me would show me that, you know, they have, uh, you know, this normal ability hierarchy in their mind. Like, I would talk to Qatar and he would be like, well, the majority of us are like this. So if you want to have a good life, you kind of have to be like this without realizing that we're disabled for a reason. We can't be just like you. I'm disabled and I'm okay with that. What I want is for people to be respectful of that and treat me fairly. And when you think that there's this normal ability that's better than other people, you will never be able to treat someone fairly. So like thinking that way, is just toxic and is part of the reason why we can't ever dismantle ableism. Ableism is never going to completely go away, but we can do things and take steps to make things better. We can educate ourselves. You know, we can do things differently so that we can have an impact and make positive change. But if we can't even have people take responsibility for the subtle ableism that they can exhibit, like, how are we going to get anywhere? How are we going to make progress? We just can't. And that's what's truly um, disappointing in this situation. All right, we have two more topics. Um, Next one's the unfairness of my ban. Um, I was told that in the beginning, Zoe wasn't banned because it happened outside of the Discord and and, in a private chat. Um, But like I mentioned in one of my pace bins, Blaffy posted a public response about me on Twitter with a bunch of lies in it that just don't represent anything that happened accurately. And I asked mods about this and they're like, well, it's okay because it happened on their personal Twitter account. And I'm like, okay, all right. And then um, I was banned for my behaviors outside of the discord and my, you know, what I've said on my personal Twitter account. But I'm like, you know, that completely goes against what you said before. 
You said you wouldn't ban Zoe because it didn't happen in the Discord. It happened outside of it. Then you said you wouldn't do anything about Blaffy's response because it was on their Twitter account. Yet I'm banned for what I did on my Twitter account and what I did outside of the Discord. Like, I wasn't even in the Discord when I was banned. I don't understand how we can just change this, the narrative, depending on the person who does it. I don't think that's right. I think that's biased. I think that shows double standards. It shows that they're unorganized. And it's just not justified reasons to ban someone. Not a single person talked to me about anything I was doing to tell me that this behavior could potentially get you banned. Not a single person. I was just instantly banned by Roser because he was upset that I was doing what I was doing. And then everyone else just agreed with it and didn't even discuss it or make a you know reasonable decision about it. Someone's allowed to just, you know, make a decision, abuse their mod powers, go against everything that they just that they said to me in the beginning, and it's just okay and nobody cares. Like it's just ridiculous. And Dan was banned again by association, which is also ridiculous and in a complete abuse of power. Like, you can literally ban anybody in the Discord for association. Like, it's just not right. And when I asked people about my ban, uh, nobody was really honest about it. Like, I was told, like, three or four different reasons for it. And it's just, like, there's no consistency. There's no organization. In reality, we both know that Roser banned us without discussing anything with the rest of the mods so that we couldn't vote and I wouldn't get a fair chance at being a mod for the community. And I feel like that is just unforgivable. I know that if I was given a fair chance, I probably would have had a chance and I, I could have made a good impact on the community because it's very clear that we need people who can come from a perspective that a lot of these people just don't have. Um, but they decided to be unfair and ban me and make me lose an opportunity to make a positive impact on the community. And for that, I can't forgive them. So we're coming down to the last few topics about lack of accountability and ultimately moving on. After all this, you know, not a single person who has caused me harm has come forward and admitted fault. I've been the only person persecuted, along with Whip, and punished for standing up for myself. I was accused publicly of lying when I never lied about a single thing. Everything I shared of what I was seeing from people, like people's actions, what was happening to me privately, what was happening publicly, and what I knew from my perspective because nobody kept me informed. I cannot be blamed for their lack of communication their lack of willingness to speak to me and understand where I'm coming from. Most of these mods never talk to me. That, that's the, one of the most ridiculous things about it. A lot of the mods who made this decision never talked to me, never tried to understand anything, and I'm supposed to assume that, you know, they made the right decision when they haven't even tried to understand a single thing about what I went through or, or where I'm coming from. And to me, that's concerning. And then I'm being told that I'm lying about things when I'm just being honest from my perspective. If y'all want me to know something, you communicate it. And if you don't communicate it, then you can't be upset for me not knowing it. All I shared is what I knew. I was left out of communication. 
I was spoken to in disrespectful ways that showed a lack of compassion. There's been a lack of ability to learn and do better in the future. No one's acknowledged my my education and intelligence when it comes to these topics, ableism, mental health, disability issues, autism. Everyone just acts like I don't know what I'm talking about and it's disrespectful. There's a lot of there's a lack of organization and credibility going on. There's a lot of people who shouldn't have been involved who were involved. Um different mods would tell me different things at different times showing that, you know, there's a lot of there's a lack of organization and structure. Um, there's a lot of bias where some people are told about some rules and other people, the rules change depending on the person. So me and Whip had different rules than most of the other people in the community. Um, I was attacked privately and publicly for calling out bad behaviors. No one has ever taken responsibility for the toxic behaviors they've done against me. None of the victim blaming, none of the disrespectful things done in private, none of the banning, all these things. No one admits that a lot of these behaviors were toxic and abusive and only caused me more harm. There's been an inability to act from a lot of people. Um, there are people that I trusted who are mods now who tried their best, but a lot of them were afraid to do anything because... They were more concerned about their image being harmed than being there for me. And I can't even blame them because what they did to me, they, they demonized me. So, like, I can't blame someone for not wanting to be involved, for not wanting to stand up for me, not wanting to speak out. And that's sad. Um, it's hard. It puts me in a difficult situation where it's like I, I respect people, but at the same time, I, I know that more could have been done and people just didn't do it because they didn't want to speak out. They didn't want to make their image look bad. And the fact that that matters more than the life of somebody who's struggling, who's suffering because of your behaviors is hurtful. Um, my credibility and my you know persona has been highly destroyed and attacked. All the, obviously, the people in my community who actually know me they're going to still support me. But, you know, there's a lot of people who I lost because of this, because of the way I was talked about publicly, because of the way misinformation was spread around. And nobody cares to say anything kind about me publicly, apologize or take any accountability for any of the pain they've caused me. And for that, I, I just cannot associate with a community full of people that think that treating someone this way is okay. They all want to pretend that they were saints and deflect all the blame on Dan and I. And it's just truly unfair. It's biased. It's just disgusting. It's cruel and wrong. This out of all is why I can never forgive a lot of these people involved and never want to associate with the Jacksby running community again. None of these people deserve respect from me. And I'll always be willing to call them out for their behaviors for years to come. Don't think that I will stop speaking out about these behaviors and calling people out by name for the things that they've done because I will continue to do that because I have a right to speak out about my experiences. But the Jack community has shown me that they don't care about me. You know, everything that they've done here shows me that they never appreciated me or cared about me from the beginning. And 
I want nothing to do with people who could treat someone that way. I was treated worse than my abuser was. And that's sad. But at the end of the day, I have to move on and try to make things uh, better in life. Things are better in life. Um, Zoe and Guitar are out of my life. And I think that at this point, a lot of the Jack people who have caused me harm are going to be out of my life. I don't have to associate with that community to be successful and to con- continue pursuing my streaming dreams and my passions. It has hurt me a lot, and it's been hard to stream Jack. It's been hard to do some of the things that I used to love doing because it reminds me of the situation and these people. But I think I'm getting to a place now where I will be able to move forward and I can just breathe again and just, you know, start to love on myself and not blame myself for how all this went down. It isn't my fault. And I'm not responsible for the actions that other people choose to make or choose not to make. So I'm just going to do my best to move on and, you know, continue making content, do what I love to do. I'm going to keep streaming. I hope to get my website up and start writing more. Um, I'm going to do more of these poly rambles and talk about a lot of these topics in more detail. Um, I think that would be great for me to just continue to make more content and build my own platform away from this community because I just don't want anything to do with it anymore. And uh, I still respect some people. Um, I want to shout out Mike. Mike has been super supportive. He's been one of the few people to actually try to understand Whip and I's position and where we're coming from, why we're upset, why we're hurt, and actually tried to speak out for us. And a lot of people were too afraid to do that. And uh, I respect Mike a lot. And Mike will always have my full respect. And um, I'll always be there for the people who were there for me. Um, But I don't think that I will ever feel okay associating with this community again. And uh, I hope that people who listen to all this can learn from this and and realize that you know this is not the way you handle this situation this isn't how you treat people this isn't how you show that you care and hopefully in the future you know people can do better and I hope to keep speaking out about these things so that people can learn because there's going to be people out there who want to learn who want to do better who want to make things right And those are the people I want to surround myself with. And those are the people I want to speak to because I know those people are going to listen. So I just want to say I appreciate all the people who did speak up for me, who did stand on my side, who supported me through all this, who know how unfair this is and know how wrong this is. And I appreciate you. You kept me going. And I don't regret a single thing because... I've met so many people from speaking out, from advocating for myself and autism and ableism and and just everything that I've been doing. It's brought a lot of new opportunities to my life. And I have a lot of good things going on in my life outside of this. It hurts because I lost a big part of my online identity, I felt. I felt really attached to the Jack community and I I love running the game. I, I thought I loved the people 
and trusted this community, but I see now that that was a mistake. And it's a mistake that I'll never make again. Um, I will just invest into my own community or find the good individuals that are within other communities. And I think that's the best way to move forward. Um, but in future Poly Rambles, I hope to talk about, you know, lack of accountability, ableism and things like that in much more detail. I had to go through them really quickly just so this wouldn't be over two hours. Um, but I appreciate anyone who listened to this and tried to be understanding and supportive of me during this whole situation. This is my way of letting go of it and just moving past it. So if anyone asks a question about what happened, why I feel that way, you have one place where you can just go listen and read from all the stuff I have linked and you'll get your answer. But yeah, I think that's going to be it from me today. And I hope that um, this speaks to some people and, you know, things can get better in the future. Um, it's This issue is bigger than just me. And I'm hoping that somebody, anybody learn from this and take some positives away from it because I hope that my suffering wasn't for nothing.